So Ty Green is our guest today. He's a husband, a father, an entrepreneur, and the founder of Cash. And from what I see, an, an, an avid outdoorsman. I always see you outside. So maybe that's just a social media thing. Maybe you're just uh, fronting, but I don't know. No, it's, uh, yeah, the uh, the pics are real. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for having me. I, uh, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for uh, having me on. Yeah, of course. What what have you been up to? I guess recently, kind of give us give us a quick little update. Um, so personally, I actually just this past weekend led a pretty cool backpacking trip along the Appalachian Trail. Oh, that's um, outside of cash and professional and everything. Um, I actually teach and host a home Bible study. So there's a bunch of different networks across the country. Thank you, very important to me. And so a bunch of these guys that, you know, kind of had, you know, each Bible study, we all flew in to North Carolina. We did like a 20 mile backpacking trip. It was gnarly. Dude, that's tight. <laughs> a lot of rain. Uh, you know, we, I always say, I'm like, you know, we got into the word, we had some whiskey and, you know, we had a, we had a lot of fun. So that's the most recent venture. And this year has just been amazing. Like personally, I mean, I've, I mean, God bless my, my little brother got me a heli skiing trip for my birthday. Oh. So we were actually supposed to your do Your little that. brother, your co-founder? My business partner, best friend, and co-founder of Cash, Dylan Green. That's so tight. <laughs> uh, we had we originally had the trip planned for early March 2020, and then, I don't know, something happened, so that was postponed. So this year has been pretty unbelievable from like a personal, just like fun side. Like when I start to write it down and, you know, even just look back at pictures, I'm like, wow, like just 2023 has been unbelievable. So yeah. Outside of cash and running a business and being a dad and a husband and what you know day to day, I've been having a lot of fun. So I'm, awesome. very, I'm very thankful. Yeah, no, very. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's exciting. So that's that's me. That's yeah. awesome. How many yeah. kids do you have? I have two kids. I have a four and a half year old Jackson, and then I have a one and a half year old little girl Emma. Awesome. And uh, my wife is, uh, you know, as I'm out having this fun. I mean, her and I certainly travel quite a bit together. We actually sure. all went to Hawaii for Christmas as a family. So we should have linked up. I was in Hawaii for Christmas. Oh, really? Yeah, okay, nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we were out in Maui and, you know, so um, beautiful wife. I mean, you know, it's like you see a picture and I'm like, it's it's the all American dream. And outside go. of the pictures, obviously, it's, you know, you've you've got just one. Yeah. One little boy. Yeah, I've got a two year old. He nice. just turned two. So. I remember meeting him at um, at one of the midweek mountain bike at Park City was the first time that I yep. met you. Yeah. And he was there. And I forget your wife's name. Yeah, Ira. Yeah. yeah, and I remember just going over, you know, and I was like, I was like, you know, we've, we're we're there. You yeah. Know? So it, I always feel like parenthood is like a is like a fraternity, you know. Like you see other people, you know, and it's like totally. you, know, you can read all the books, you know, before you kid, and then you see people with kids, and it's kind of like a, yeah, I, you know, I've been wiping someone's bum at three seventeen a.m. <laughs> yeah. and can't find the wipes too. So yeah, there's this. Um, uh, I, this isn't about me, but I was I was in Costco the other day, and I was wearing a Metallica shirt, and I had my son <laughs> on my shoulders. Yeah. And another guy walking out of the freezer section was wearing a Metallica shirt and had his son on his shoulders. And we yeah. both just like stopped and looked at each other. And no words were, yeah, no, were said, no, but we no. were just like, yep. Like no. there was just, yeah. we gave each other this look and just went on our way. Yeah. Just like, it, yeah, you it, get it. Yeah, no, it, it's like, again, it's like anyone with kids, I'm like, it is like this secret fraternity. So I've had it an is. experience. I remember one time I was at a zoo and I was like, you know, just the, can we curse on this thing? Are we, are yeah, we, you know, it's a shit thing. show at the, at the zoo, you know, the, Sounds t- about right. you know, yeah. the kids <laughs> screaming, you know, just the whole thing. And like, I walked past another guy, the exact same thing was going on. And it was kind of like, we looked at each other and it was kind of like, I got you, dude. Like I'm doing it too, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. but you know, you do it for the kids and, uh, yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's a blast. I, I love being a dad. I'm so thankful. And I got a just amazing wife, you know, that I don't know. Yeah. So very thankful. 
there's this, and then there's this, I feel like this other, you know, little community of like dadtrepreneurs, you know, yeah, that are exactly. like, you yep. own your own business, you're yep. a father, you're like half a stay at home dad, yep. half a, half a dying in your business kind of thing. Like, <laughs> yes. And there's, yeah. yeah, I feel like, it, you know, if, even if you're, we're not all living the same life, but in a lot of ways we get each other. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I mean, obviously running a business is in Don gets it too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're in the club. Yeah. He, uh, he gets it. So it's, uh, it's tough. It's worth it. You know, I mean, it's very similar. I'm always like having and starting a business from scratch very similar to especially having you know your first kid you know and obviously you have a number totally. of businesses going on but i'm sure even when you know when you launch wolf optics you get into it and much like having my second kid i was like oh yeah and it just changes and it develops yeah. and it gets easier it does it definitely does and i'm yeah. you know i i i think whether it's kids or businesses it's like as much attention as the no sleep gets and it, you know you don't sleep and i'm like yes it's true but I don't think that it gets enough credit, the fact that you just get through it and you do it and it's your own. Totally. And not to be cheesy, but I'm like very similar to the business. I'm like, you just do it because it's your own and your heart's in it and you just grind and you just figure it out. So Yeah, there's something to be said for all those entrepreneurs who are just like, I don't know how I'm going to figure this out, but I'm just going to, the the just it's going to work itself out and I'm going to figure it out and life's yeah. going to go on. Even though, yeah. even if none of it would make sense together. And like, totally. if you put all these things stacked on top of each other, it just doesn't make any sense for one person to deal with. No. But it's like, you know, all those entrepreneurs out there who are just figuring it out. Yeah. It's like, and, and you just incredible. do it. And I'm like, and, I love and, all those people. and it's crazy. Cause I mean, you know, you, I, I read a lot of autobiographies about, you know, entrepreneurs. There's a lot of them, you know, are BS, but you know, the guys that have sure. done it, <laughs> my favorite one is uh shoe dog by Phil Knight. The guy that started Nike yeah. That really inspired me very early on, even before launching Cash, of like, you know, here's one of the really the most successful businesses in the world. And what he went through, yeah. it's like inspiring, especially when you're talking like a products business, development, inventory, import, everything, totally. no matter if you're running. I mean, it, there was this funny, I remember towards the end of the book, it's like he just went public with the company. I forget what year, maybe 80s or something. And then he fast forward the next chapter and he goes, I'm sitting in a movie theater. I have Bill Gates on my left and Warren Buffett on my right. And he just like laughed because even in the book, he was like, I can't believe where I am. And it all started, you know, back with a crazy idea. And it's like selling shoes out of his, out of his trunk. Yeah. And it yeah. wasn't even like Nike's. It was a different brand. It's, yeah. The, the first brand was was not. Uh, great. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 yeah. It was called uh, it was called Blue Ribbon. And it was yeah. actually like a distributor for Tiger Shoes. And yeah. my brother and I and kudos to you for starting your own business, because I've been able to lean on my brother and business partner the whole time. And obviously, you know, we take turns kind of managing i'm definitely the ceo and he's the cmo but kudos sure. to anyone like yourself that started it on their own because it's hard yeah it's really tough so yeah um, i quickly realized that and had to bring <laughs> i had to bring on other people yeah this absolutely is the you know, i was like but, yeah. as soon as we got that positive pregnancy test i was like not a freaking chance not, not a chance well <laughs> yeah, yeah well, there's no way <laughs> well and wise and very very wise yeah. so but yeah so a lot to be thankful for yeah so uh are you from utah originally so I bounced around quite a bit. I was actually born in California, but yeah, I always say I was raised in Sandy, Utah, um, you know, very close to the mouth of Little Cottonwood. And then when I was 14, we actually moved, this is my brother and I, Dylan, moved to North Carolina. We were there for about four years through high school, really came back here, started going to college, and then kind of fast forward, went back to North Carolina, finished out college there, and kind of started my professional career. But I, yeah, I'm, I'm from Utah, so... 
That's yeah. awesome. Where'd yeah. you, where did you, where'd you go to school? So I went to a little community college in Charlotte, North Carolina, nice. got my associates paying for it on my own. I actually also went at one point I was going to flight school in Salt Lake City, thought I wanted to be a pilot. You've got the face of a pilot. Thanks, thanks, <laughs> thanks. Yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah, I'll, uh, I, I guess I look like but, a guy who's sleep-deprived and a potential alcoholic. No, so, no, you, no. You, look, you look like a guy that would play a pilot like really? in a movie. Okay, like, cool, if, if, all right. I, w- I, would, I would totally put you as like at, at least a background character in cool. like Top Gun or something. Right. Like if you were just sitting in nice. the chairs in the, in the room, I would right. like, be like, okay, gotcha. All right, yeah. I like that. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Um, but yeah, so I, I got my associate's degree and I was like, you know, I'm paying for this on my own, so I'll go the associates route. And then I actually got into yeah. a couple of really good universities. I was dating my then girlfriend, now wife. She was already working professionally. And the idea was like, I'll get my two-year degree, save some money. I got into the University of Utah. Maybe I'll move back there. Got into NC State. And then uh, a door just opened up that I actually got a salary job in sales. And I was like, okay, well... <laughs> I thought you had to have a four-year degree to be successful, and yeah, and that just was a door that opened up, and then it actually led to another opportunity. So yeah, so I have my associate's degree, and here I am. There we go. So, Same. Yeah. Um, oh, really? so okay, do you feel cool. like in like your early early years, like even before college, kind of growing up? Because I always hear these entrepreneurial stories where people are like, "I knew I was going to be an entrepreneur." Growing up, like I, I had a lemonade stand. I had this little business that I was running. Like I just, you know, a, a lot of these kind of bigger entrepreneurs have these stories where uh, I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs don't don't have that. Did you, do you feel like you grew up kind of knowing you were gonna um, be a business? I owner? no, no, I never thought like I'm gonna own a business. What I did know was that I was around a lot of successful people. Um, yeah. Our grandfather actually owned a. He was an entrepreneur. He actually owned a GM car dealership. Cool. for almost t- over 20 years out in California. So like I had heard stories my whole life about business ownership and you know my parents were in the corporate world for a long time and so they didn't do it perf- you know themselves but like I was around enough people that I I always knew like you know it's hard to not be like oh you know the very wealthy people that I know have their own businesses but yeah the very wealthy people that I know have their own businesses. Yeah. But I was never like I'm going to do this. But what I will say is I always did have a lemonade stand. I was sure. always like mowing lawns. I was always very good at just like having an idea and like somehow pulling it off Yeah. or at least trying it and then failing and then being like, all right, on to the next one. And so I knew that I had that, but I didn't know I want to start a business like that. No, to be honest, no. But once I got a taste of it and, and I honestly got inspired by my brother who really was the one that was like, let's start a business that that's where it kicked off. That's but awesome. I was never like, I'm going to own a tailgate pad company sure, and also have another <laughs> full-time job and two kids. Like that was not in the plan, but here we are. Yeah. So it's that's funny awesome. how that happens. So that, that first job in sales, so you just got your associate's degree. Um, what was that job? Yeah. So I, I got a job selling dog collars and dog toy accessories and things like that. And I honestly, as I look back, it was called Dublin Dog. And the guy had just been acquired by a private equity group. And I was interviewing for like a part-time job. And all of a sudden they were like, I think you would be really good in sales. And I was like, well, that's what I want to do, but I don't have a four-year degree. And they were kind of like, whatever, you've got it, whatever we think it is. you know, Because I had retail experience in sales, but I got really inspired by this guy. His name's Jason Watson, who had just gotten acquired, sold his, you know, the company that he founded and built up. And I remember he said, you know, I was like, what's my territory? And I remember he's like, the world. 
wherever gotcha. you want to go. And Mother he Earth. said, Mother Earth. <laughs> yes. And, you know, and being, I mean, owning your own business, I mean, he said, you know, I just got acquired and now I can do with the brand what I've always wanted to do because I've got capital, I've got resources, and now I don't have to manage every single thing. I mean, how nice does that sound? That sounds absolutely lovely. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then to have like the the knowledge and drive. So I only worked for him for four months before I got my next position. But like, I guess as I look back on it, and I've talked to Jason a lot, I've just gotten advice, you know, especially when we launched Cash. And I got really inspired by him because like I saw this dude like grinding. Yeah. And it was so smart. And I'd say like the number one thing that he had was just energy. And was just positive and not like, you know, BS positive, but was like, we need to do this. What do you think? Yeah. And at a very young age, I was like, well, no one's ever really asked me what I thought before. And we can actually do that. It's like, yeah, whatever you want to do, let's go for it. So it was a great job. Again, it was four months. But like, I mean, my next job was the complete opposite. Um, but it was an amazing start. And I credit him a lot. And if, And I've sought a lot of counsel from him over the years, just calling him, you know, what do you think? What do you think? And he's like, since sold off that equity and started like three other businesses, you know? So I, yeah. yeah. So that was kind of like, I guess my eye opening to like entrepreneurial world. But even then I wasn't like, I want to start a, a company, but I, I saw what a really good entrepreneur looked like. And I would later kind of implement and try to mirror what he was doing and still into this day, to be honest. Yeah. So, yeah. That's so, awesome. Yeah. So what, uh, I guess, was there a specific event? Cause I feel like we, we've talked about your, your first job and, and your, yeah. your education. Was there an, an event? Because I feel like for a lot of entrepreneurs, there's always this like maybe a moment or, or a period of time that they they're they have a job that maybe sucks a lot or <laughs> or they, you know, get married or have a kid or there, there's a specific event that might like spur their that like maybe deep desire to, to start something. Was there sure. was there something that happened that might have? Um, yeah. Um, so I, uh, so I went Dublin dog selling dog collars yeah. and then I got a job working for this little eyewear company called Oakley. Little guy, just gotcha. a little guy. You know, you're, you're probably familiar with them. You guys are getting close, yeah. but, uh, so I was in like Oakley field marketing, which is a mix of like, you go into like big box retailers, training, sports marketing, really great job. Awesome. That's awesome. Huge budgets. Yeah. Great job, but like, where was that? Where was so that I was based in originally, I was in Raleigh, North Carolina, and cool. then they moved me to St. Louis, and they moved me to Chicago. So, to answer your question, I'm living in Chicago, working for Oakley, got the company truck, you know, the big travel budget, blah, blah, okay, pretty, pretty cush job. That's nice, yeah. but but the foundation of that whole brand was like technology, and the original owner who started it with maybe this sounds familiar a five hundred dollar loan from his mom there you to go. like make some crazy stuff. And Very he, familiar. He ended up selling it yeah. off for for a little bit more than that. But there was a line by Jim Gennard, and he said everything in the world can and will me will be made better. I never met Jim, but you know I was always inspired by that because like you look at that brand, it's cool. And I mean, you know, this like eyewear, especially back then was like eyewear was eyewear and we don't know yeah. what to do with it. But like the guy was a chemist and I don't even think he graduated college, but like he took what was kind of the standard and then just blew it up to what it is today. Yeah. So I'm working for Oakley, living in Chicago. I go out to visit my dad and stepmom who were living in California outside of Mammoth up in the Sierras. And my brother Dylan was a bike mechanic, kind of finishing college. Gets an interview work at Yeti, kind of similar to the job that I was doing. Yeah. Those interviews, he's like, eh, it's not really for me. The cooler. The cool, just cool. that little brand. Yeah, that's dope. <laughs> but, I, but I remember he, we ended up meeting up in California and he just was kind of like, hey man, 
I just was there and I really got inspired. Like it's a two brother company and I don't know if they weren't public then, but clearly they were, you know, $500 million company. Yeah. And he was like, (laughs) and he was, and I remember he was like, I got really inspired by this two brother thing. And he's like, he's like, I just think we could do something. And I was like, I don't really have an idea. What do you think? And he's like, well, he was a bike mechanic, worked at like Bingham Cyclery and stuff. And and he's like, I always see these tailgate pads, Yakima to kind, you know, they always just get robbed and they're the exact same. And he's like, I have an idea to like lock it to the back of the truck because that's a big thing because people right now and still to this day, thank God for our patents that we got, like they can still do that. Yeah. And so Dylan was really just like, I have an idea. I am inspired by these Yeti. It's two brothers. Why don't we do that? Something. And yeah. I remember a drive and it was just him and I driving in the car and I'm just listening and I'm like, yeah, that sounds cool. Was he just pitching the he idea? Are you just kind of rambling on about rambling the crazy on, ideas? That's awesome. And I'm like getting inspired and excited. I'm like, hell yeah, like let's yeah. do it, bro. Like, whatever. And then it was like, you know, it was kind of over that weekend. It was Memorial Weekend of 2016. And he we just talking in late night, and I've got the notes somewhere, you know, but all of a sudden it was like, why don't we have like the tailgate pad? And really, I wasn't even like really in I didn't even have a tailgate pad. I was into mountain biking in Chicago doing some single track and stuff. But I was like, but what about, you know, the inside of it? Maybe there could be like detachable accessories. I don't know. It sounds crazy, but like maybe. And so that was like the start to the idea. We didn't know where to go. We got connected with a guy who owned a design company here. Dylan and I took all of the little savings that we had. I had been married like two years at that point. I remember I told my wife, I was like, we're just going to go for it. What do you think? And she's just so supportive like she is today. And she's like, if you think it's a good idea and you guys want to do it, go for it. Well, we didn't even know what it was. Yeah. It was just like, here's an idea. And then all of a sudden it's like, here's the estimated cost. And we were like, oh, shit. I remember Dylan sold his trailer that he had. And I just took every bit of savings that I have. And we're like, all right, let's do it. And then that was the start to it. And then fast forward January 2017, um, our dad was a pilot and uh, was flying out of Tucson and took off and crashed the airplane and died on the spot. And January 2017 was like the, I'd say the hardest and also kind of like one of the next chapters of my, myself mentally, you know, like I mentioned, you know, God, and it's always been a very integral part of my life. Yeah. But like the relationship, not only with my heavenly father, but also with like my own maturity, like launched then. Because yeah. as difficult as that was to lose someone so instantly, and I mean, I talked to my as he was taxiing out that morning, I actually called him and actually was interviewing for another eyewear company. I forget it's a small brand out of Colorado, and they offered me a job. I didn't take it. Glade. Uh, what was it? Glade. No, it was a different one, similar to Glade. Okay, but gotcha. Anyways, I remember yeah. ta- he's taxiing out. I'm like, cool, and he's like, right on. I'll call you when I land. I'm like, awesome, and then love you, bye. Like just like we normally do, hang up. And whether my dad and I would have said F you and I'll see you later, it didn't matter. But, you know, that was a very like instant part. And it became very clear to me after about six weeks of pretty gnarly grieving that I was like, life is very short and I, I need to like, you know, I don't know what I need to do, but like, I need to like this. I, I just knew that I was like, whatever I'm going to do, I'm going to do. And I was like, I want to be back in Utah. Well, I can't just transfer to Utah with Oakley. There's two reps here. One of them is actually our oldest brother. Oh, cool. And then the other rep has been here for 30 years. So I was like, all right, Oakley. Is he still with Oakley? Yeah, of course. Okay, cool. Like it's you yeah. well, it's an easy cush, great company, great job. And yeah. so I was like, all right, Oakley's no longer an option. But I want to be in I want to be in Utah. 
And, you know, for me, again, I was just, you know, I was just talking to God and I just was praying for doors and I had a, a job opportunity that came up. And so then the end of 2017, we moved back to Utah and it was also kind of like, you know, we took a complete time off from cash and then it was like, all right, well, I'm going to move back. We need to raise money. And we kind of started getting a clear picture of like, if we're going to do this, like we had the tech pack and it was like, we need to like do this. Yeah. And after taking that time off, so to answer your question, you know, losing my dad, you know, people, you're like, oh, it's so hard. I'm like, you know what, man? I'm like, I think losing someone slowly to cancer or anything like that would be so much more difficult because you watch it. And our dad was like, it's gone. You know, it's, it's over. He's 56 years old. And yeah. it was also one of those times where it, it like, it, it just took a lot off of my plate and also was like, man, okay, as difficult as that was, like, now I can move <laughs> forward in life. Like, I know I have a currency of time that I've never had, if that makes sense. Yeah. I know what the time means. Time to like get moving. And so it was pretty easy to be like, all right, well, I'm going to leave Oakley. And people are like, it's such a great job. I'm like, it was a great job, but like, it's just a job. And my brother and I had this idea. And so, yeah, so I moved back to Utah, took a different job in sales. So I was in Utah close to Dylan. And then that was kind of like, all right, like cash is now on, like now we need to go. And so yeah, that was like the next chapter for cash. So, you know, yeah. That's awesome. Had <laughs> yeah. you talked to your dad about this idea? Yeah. So he was like an integral part of it. Like he was there when we were in California. He was there. Like he wasn't like investing money. He wasn't in a spot to do that, but was kind of like the cheerleader. And it was kind of like, you guys can do this, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, just encouraging us. And like, as we started to build it out was like, he was, whatever help he could offer, like he was doing it. Yeah. But like he was there sitting on the back of the tailgate with my brother and I like talking about this. So like, yeah, he was a part of it. Yeah. He's a part, you know, he's a cornerstone in cash. So it would be, it'll be great, you know, to one day be able to, you know, share with them like, Hey, look at what we did. And we named a cooler after you, you know, he, he'd like that. So that's awesome. But yeah. Yeah. Where did, where does the name come from? The cash. cash so cash yeah. is, um, uh, so, you know, we grew up in Sandy, Utah and we skied snowboard our entire lives. And there's this guy, you know, if you've ever in the tram, like you ski and you snowboard, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm a skier. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, so you take the tram up and there's this guy named Duckworth who's been a tram operator and he always does these announcements. But like as we we're kids growing up, I remember at the end of it, they go, or at the beginning of it, they go, you know, welcome to the Wasatch Cash National Forest. And this one dude, he's like, you know, ski bum, snowboard, you know, lifer or whatever. But like the name Cash is from Wasatch Cash. Yeah. And then there's also kind of a side meaning to it, you know, like the Native American term, like a cash is like a safe holding place. So that was kind of like yeah. Cash, Utah, and also like, you know, it's a locking tailgate pad with a bunch of accessories kind of like a two-part but i always yeah. say wasatch cash you know the utah route so yeah yeah that's awesome what was i guess like in the early stages you talk about kind of quit quitting your job that's hard enough and then having to come up with funding what, what do you feel like was the biggest i guess barrier to from for transitioning from like having a, a nice cushy job at oakley to um to starting a business, I mean, there's probably a thousand of them, but what, yeah. was, what was the... Um, so, you know, so to be honest, I've always had a full-time job on top of cash. Sure. And so, What is it right now? So I'm in dental sales. Oh, cool. So, yeah, so I'm, you know, in a very one of the world's largest dental companies, and it's a, yeah. an amazing opportunity. It's a great job, amazing industry. Um, but uh, kind of the transition, you know, in terms of like raising money, yeah, that's one of the most difficult parts about cash, especially like we were going out. Our very first raise was $50,000. We did the family and friends round. We thought we were going to get a lot more. We got about 10,000. So we're like, all right, 40,000 to go. 
There you go. So, and we're raising money with an idea and a sketch pad and like, here's what we're going to do. And we're, here's our valuation. And it's built on this idea that doesn't even exist. Yeah. So where I thought, So you oh, didn't even have a prototype or We anything. didn't have anything. Oh my goodness. We had a sketch and an idea and here's, here's, we, you know, you had our pitch deck. Sure. Our pitch deck was like, here's what we're going to do. We don't have, even have it yet, but like, here's yeah. what we think we can do. We haven't done it, but this we is haven't what we want to do. Here's <laughs> all the analytics I've pulled. Yeah. And if we can just, you know, there's 2.7, God, what was it like? It's just crazy numbers we were throwing out. But it was like, you know, study it. And I was like, here's what I think we can do. And, yeah. Here's and a it, lot of trucks. You know, there's, there's 256 million registered vehicles in the United States. Yeah. If we sell, you know, one percent, if we can get 1% of those, here's what we can get. And, you know, it's funny sure. where the brand is today of like where we thought it was going to go as any brand starts. But yeah. It was crazy, and that was one of the most difficult things because I was like, "Oh, we got a family and friends. We got you know f- plenty of family friend network, you know, that have wealth." And you know, all of a sudden, it became apparent, like, and rightfully so, people are not just so willing to like write you a check because you're their buddy or you're a family member. Yeah. And so we actually ended up landing uh, with an angel investor who finished out that forty thousand dollar portion to get us to then the next phase. But that was one of the most difficult. The amount of no's that we got, I know everyone says it, was substantial. Yeah. And But when we got that first $50,000 raise, it was like, okay, now we can make a patent. Or excuse me, now we can make a prototype, and then we can get our patent going. And you know the money dried up quick, as you know, because it, does. yeah. it doesn't go as far as what you thought it would. And so then no. it was like, okay, well, now we need to do a Kickstarter because the minimum order quantity and what we thought the cost was was a lot higher. So there were a lot of steps, but the financial part of it, I give kudos to anyone that's ever raised money. It's so hard. It's yeah. so hard. And especially when you don't have anything to physically show, it's 10 times as hard. But, you know, people are, I think no matter what, and we've done a number of rounds since then, people are people are investing in you. And luckily it was my brother and I, but that's what they're investing in. And I hope and in believing that one day I can do that to someone, not just to be like, oh, look at me and I'm a serial entrepreneur, but like, I want to look in someone's eyes just like someone did to me one day and was like, here it is, go for it, you know, and like, yeah. and also I'm going to be trying to support you, you know, so it was an amazing experience and, you know, and it's still hard, you know, to like raise money. I mean, we've done it about two, almost three times since then, but it's hard, man. It's really hard. It is super hard. Yeah. But was there ever a time during that first, uh, like, I guess, phase of, of raising money and, and coming up with the a real product. Was there ever a time where you were like, F this? I, I don't think I can do this. Or or was, I guess, the experiences before where you were just like, no, I'm this is this is what we're doing. And I, I yeah. think when we, is it wasn't even like my money. I do remember being like, here's every single dollar that I have in savings. Yeah. It's gone. Yeah. <laughs> and then realizing what I just put my money into didn't even get me a quarter of what I thought it would. But to be honest, no, it was, I've never, ever, I've gotten frustrated. I've gotten sad. I've been on my hands and knees and my wife bawling my eyes out because I was stressed. Yeah. But I've never once, I can honestly say like, been like, I'm done. Sure. I've maybe been like, you know, F this, this is tough or F this guy. But with cash, I'm just, I'm just sold out. There's a vision in mind where the vision is that I had laid out six years ago to where we are now. I should have, you know, been bought out for $30 million. (laughs) That exactly. didn't happen, but, yeah. <laughs> but that's okay, and that's yeah. okay. But um, I can honestly say, no, I've never been like, I'm done. I've been like frustrated sure. and sad and upset, but no, I've never, I've never been like, it's over. 
So, as yeah. and, I, and I hope that doesn't sound arrogant, but no. I was like just sold out. And again, I'm like, I if what I believe in God is true, then this is going to come to pass. Maybe not right now, but it's going to. So yeah, that's that's where out. my that's where my mindset is, you know. And my brother, we're dedicated on cash together, but I'm like, we're still waiting from people. Sure, but you know, I'm thankful to have a partner that we can rely on and lean on, and. When one of us is down, the other one kind of lifts the other one up. So, um, yeah, it's it's a trip, man. It is it is the experience of a lifetime. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like um, coming up with a with a really good product is hard. Like when I yeah. was when I was sourcing, I guess uh, goggle samples and getting things designed and sunglasses, it was really difficult for a long time. Oh, yeah. just like trying to find a quality product. Whereas for you, you were coming up with something that kind of already existed, but didn't really exist. Right. You were coming up with kind of a new product. So I feel like that's a thousand times harder. Um, I, what was the process like finding a manufacturer and like you have this sketch like and I, I know that um, you have you had the product designer here in Utah. Um, but what was it like kind of bringing the product like from a sketch to a physical so the, yeah, so V1 was literally a cut and sew sample. Um, There's a girl that did it. I remember she's like kind of in like Sugar House area. She's actually owned like a purse company. Cool. But we needed to like, we got a lock sample. We got all the materials kind of put together. And then we were like, okay, now we need someone to like cut and sew it because we can't afford to make a mold, but we need a visual to then go and do a Kickstarter. So we got that done. And then we were like, okay, now we can actually put it on a truck. And it was like, in my eyes, I remember it was like one of the most beautiful things I'd ever seen. Yeah. It's still hanging up in our office and warehouse over in Sandy. And I like look at it sometimes. I'm like, it's there. You can see it. But I was like, where <laughs> it is now, I was like, we were way off, you know, what we it's thought. It's always was those good. first renditions. You look yeah, back you're like, and you're like, it looks like the, crap. <laughs> well, I was like, it, it looks like shit. Like, but, I, but like when I looked like, at it, like, I was like, yeah, but it oh was my so goodness. beautiful because yeah. I mean, that was, it probably took, I don't know, $15,000 and God knows how many hours to put into it. But, um, uh, so yeah, so we found sourcing and then we were able to get a mold. We paid for the mold. So you go tech pack or you go sketch and then tech pack, tech pack is what the, um, just speaking to those that haven't developed a product. Yeah. Tech pack is what you give to the factory that you find through a sourcing agent because we couldn't even afford to like go overseas. And we looked in the United States, we looked all over. Anyone that's like just make it in the United States has never made a product in their life. Absolutely it's not. Not that easy. <laughs> and people are like, you know, you say, especially it's always the go. Well, it's China. You can make shitty products in the United States too. China is no different than anywhere else in the entire world. There are good areas and there are bad areas. Yeah, we're in the very good area. Yeah, our first prototype was in the bad area, and you saw it in the way that it was made. And that's actually what we started with our Kickstarter. So we got a mold made, and the mold is what the factory takes, prints, and then they utilize that. I mean, for us, it takes almost 17 factories to like even make one tailgate pad with supplies. And the other thing that people don't understand about manufacturing is that it's not only the process and the manpower, it's like, you know, we looked, like, I remember we had a quote, because I was like, okay, we'll make it in Utah, or we'll make it in North Carolina, because I knew about the furniture factories that had space and availability. And I remember that we got all these quotes and the guy's like, if you want to make it here, we can make it. He's like, it'll cost you $800 because a big part of it was taking the materials and shifting them and shipping them. And so like where yeah. we are in the factories and what China's figured out is there's consolidated areas for supplies and the supplies are made and then it gets sent over to the factory that makes the products and then they build it out and then obviously they ship it from there. So um, it's, it's a lot. But I mean, with that, I think it took us almost seven versions to like get to base camp one, which we're now on base camp 2.0. Yeah. 
but it took a long time. How long was that period from um, something just being a sketch on a piece of paper, like you have your money, you have your funding, yeah. to we have a physical product, Basecamp One, the first so, tailgate pad, we can sell it now. First tailgate. So we literally launched, like everyone's was like, when did it start? I'm like, that crazy yeah. idea with my brother was Memorial Weekend 2016. Okay. Fast forward, my dad passes away, six month gap. We delivered our first product in fall of 2018. It was the Kickstarter deliveries. Nice. So it was, how many Kickstarter orders did you have? We had, I want to say almost 400. I do remember the dollar amount was 53,276. And I'd have to double check myself, but I know it was 53,000 yeah. because our goal was 50,000. And I remember like we hit our goal with like two days to go. And I don't know if you guys ever did a Kickstarter, but if you donate your goal, yeah, even if it's by a buck, it all goes away. And oh we were relying gosh. on that to not only fulfill the order, but then yeah. to raise more money. And so that was, I mean, Kickstarter was a trippy experience. I learned a lot. And, um, but yeah, so it took almost two, two and a half years to answer your question to deliver physical product. So, and that was going, and that was physical product, meaning Basecamp pad 1.0, the lounger chair, the first version, and then yeah. the Jeffrey cooler. And that's what we delivered the first time. And the Jeffrey cooler is named after your father. That's after a father. And it was, you know, kind of a, an ode and honor to him of like, go everywhere and do everything. The guy's life was like, he was a pilot. He was a stuntman. He was a golden gloves boxer. He was the dude's like, he was one of like the very first like Bowflex models back. Like the dude's life was <laughs> the a, that's the, incredible. at one point off of 15 in like the early nineties, he literally was the Marlboro man. Like on, the, like the dude's life was a trip. That's awesome. And so anyway, so that was always like, you know, our cooler can and will be made better. But I was like, it's very versatile. It's, you know, so that was, it's like an honor to our dad. So that's incredible. Yeah. Um, and what do you feel like, I guess, for people who have, who is, are unfamiliar with your product, what sets it apart from just your average Dekine, Yakima, whatever sure. tool, camper pad or, yeah. or uh, tailgate pad? Sure. So, uh, so ours uh, is the patented modular tailgate <laughs> system. And what that means is that there are tailgate pads out there, Dekine, Yakima, all these brands, they are mountain bike focused and meaning like throw the pad on the back. And I forget, I, I knew the guy's name who like invented it. I want to say DeKine was the first one, but it was like throw it over the back and then you throw the fork over, wheel turns and it sits there. Yeah. But every brand is just doing that for mountain bikers. So like our primary customer is mountain biker, but we wanted to make something that the pad itself, the materials were going to be different because they all have the same materials. We I literally had like... We visited their factories. So you're like, why do they all look the same? It's like, they're all made the same. And they're made getting the better. Place, yeah. And they're getting better. And, you know, and I'm like, well, they can't get close to ours. So we wanted to make one that had a lock within the tailgate pad. So it stayed on your truck so that someone couldn't just walk by and just steal it off the back of your truck. Because there's, I think that there's still like 220 bucks. So ours has a patented lock. So the lock is a steel wire beaded cable that's wrapped in a fabric. So it locks to your truck. And then outside of that, if you see ours on the street, you're like, it's a cash pad, even if we didn't have our name on it. And then as it folds down, and this is where we were like, we want to go after like tailgating and anyone with a truck is what we wanted to do. So then as it folds down, there's an internal molly webbing system, which is also covered under our utility patent so that accessories can slide in with these G hooks yeah. and be like this ultimate kind of hangout spot. Because again, like living in Utah, you're like, okay, yeah, people mountain bike, and then yeah. I was like, well, you're going to be doing that same thing, like the Apre deal, whether you ski and then living in North Carolina and all these other places, I was like tailgating, like that's a whole world. 
Yeah, it is. Fishing, scuba diving, you know, people that live in Florida or on the coast, like they'll back up their trucks and go shark fishing. So I'm like, the back of the truck to us has just always been like the spot. Yeah, it's the hangout spot. It's the hangout always. spot. And yeah. then it's like, in nine times out of 10, it's like, okay, well, I, I've always owned a truck. And I'm like, you're going to throw your two by fours over the back. You know, like I hate to see it. And I'm also like reaffirmed of like, there's customers out there of like these $95,000 super duties and the dude's throwing like, you know, a ladder over his tailgate with yeah, nothing on it. I'm bit. like, oh boy, like, I hope you can afford to fix that thing. He probably can. But um, so our whole thing is like, we are a automotive accessory product, but really now we're an outdoor products company because each one of our products outside of the tailgate pad, the base camp can be sold and does get sold individually. So like our lounger chair is like a super beefed up stadium chair that can sit on the back of the tailgate. But like we sell a ton of those just as a one-off into individual product. Yeah. Like on Amazon, we crush it. And we were not expecting that at all. Like we got on Amazon, we did the FBA thing and we're like fulfillment by Amazon. And we're like, yeah, like we'll just sell products on there and, and it'll be, you know, like the mountain bike thing. And then all of a sudden like our chairs started selling out like crazy on there. Yeah, like people are like, "Oh, cash! You mean the chair company? The yeah. chair company, right?" <laughs> and then, it, and then all of a sudden, I was like, "Oh, okay," because like you know, I mean, like our chair, you know, we designed it after a Crazy Creek chair, which is actually their patent ran out. And then we're like, "Well, let's like take that and like make it that much better." And so you know, so our chair is super beefed up. It's got uh, aluminum rods on the inside. It's got, you know, uh, mesh on the back so like, you can throw your stuff in. So it was always designed around, like, the mountain biker. And when you get done, sure, it's like, well, the, you know, the down tube, which is, you know, when you put your bike in the tailgate, will fit. But everything was built to be, like, a mountain bike outdoor product. But then all of a sudden we had people just buying them on Amazon for, you know, going into the stadium. And all of a sudden we're a stadium chair company. And I was like... I will be whatever you want, you know, as long as yeah. you, you know, they're paying the bill. I'm like, sure. You know, so that took off and it's just been amazing, you know? And then, I mean, we're just continuing to expand. We have some unbelievable projects on the horizon that the really, the biggest project that we have going on is going to become public later this year. Cool. That was one that I did in a million years. If you told me that it was going to happen, I can't really talk about it, but when it comes out, sure. I was like, I, whoa, you know, and and it all started just from building a great product. And anyone that's out there designing a proprietary product, spend and invest in your patents. Do not get, you know, don't don't go style, go utility patents, spend the money, find a good attorney, because our company, the growth that we've been able to have is supported by the intellectual property that we invested yeah, in. Yeah, the fact and that you're able to protect protect your product. Protect. And then yeah. everyone's like, well, someone could go after it. I'm like, well, yeah, of course anyone can, as we were discussing. Before the show, you know, exciting, you know, subpoenas and cease, <laughs> cease and desist. But, yeah. um, you know, invest in your intellectual property because uh, you're going to want it if your product is as good as you think it is. So, yeah. yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, I mean, that that experience reminds me of, uh, if you know what Sub Pop is, the the label, the record yeah. label. Yeah. Yeah, so they have like Nirvana. They, they were the first person to sign Kurt Cobain. They were the first person to sign all, the, all these major... Um, well, Soundgarden and all these, you know, they were a Seattle brand. Yeah. But uh, the the current owners were on a podcast and they were like, yeah, they were they were telling somebody in an airport that they uh, they, you know, started Sub Pop and were one of the founders. And somebody goes, oh my gosh, that's so cool! You the hat company because they that was their kind of 
hero product outside outside of music right they sold a stupid amount of hats funny so somebody so was like so he's like oh cool the hat company no just the company that signed kurt cobain just and that Soundgarden little thing. and like yeah. yeah all these all these major things but i think it's funny how you know businesses take a maybe a different turn than than what their owners are expecting and you know products work in different ways than you're expecting them to work if you're just thinking oh mountain bikers and all of a sudden people are like no this is the ultimate stadium, stadium chair. chair. And I was like, great. And, you know, and we've taken the feedback. Yeah, but I'm win. like, I mean, going back to the Yeti brothers, I'm like, they had a bunch of businesses before, but I was like, they wanted a really badass fishing cooler yeah. that you could stand on while you're in the drift boat fly fishing. And I'm like, I don't know. People, like, if you say Yeti today, it's like funny because, like, you must get like the basic stay at home moms. I'm like, oh, it's like the really expensive. Tumblr and now yeah. and now Stanley's kind of taking that you know they found their little niche. If you're here in Utah, you know who Stanley. You know who Stanley is, but I'm like it's fun, you yeah. know in any brand like that. Like I mean again going back to my Oakley days, he started yeah. his very first product was a motorcycle hand grip, and that random and that grip material developed into what is still on the side and on the nose pieces today, which is no longer protected by a patent. But I was like he started as a motorcycle hand grip company. And wow. then started getting into moto goggles and then really wasn't until like sunglasses. And then a funny story about Oakley is, you know, probably their most famous piece of eyewear they've ever had is called frog skins. Yep. And that was during the eighties. And the story that I got was that like the company was kind of starting to take a dip and he's like, all right, well, I need to like get on this Wayfair style. I don't really care about it, but we need to make something that's going to make us money. What's the color of a frog? green yeah what's the color of money green frog skins green money made a ton of money and like was able to <laughs> fund awesome. like and that's the story that i got if that's sure. true i don't know Jim it sounds J- true we're gonna say it's yeah, true. yeah 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 but well <laughs> it, 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 and i know it's true but you know it's like you do things not like you're sacrificing but it's like okay well we're a stadium chair company yeah we're not we're an outdoor products company with you know our hero product is the base camp system but i was like you develop and you learn and you grow and you listen to customer feedback yeah as you know, a lot of the customer feedback is, you know, you're like, okay, cool. Thanks. Yeah. You know, but you know, you take it and then you, you try to learn from it, you know, and you'd be humble enough to, um, you know, to look at other companies that have done a really good job. You're like, okay, cool. We'll try to emulate that, but make it your own and go from there. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like there's a lot of, I guess, things to take away from you. I want to ask you kind of, kind of, kind of what your next steps are, sure. but I think we'll just, maybe follow you and, and, and see what products come out, but is there a kind of next steps for the company to take it to the next level? Obviously you haven't been bought out for 30 million yet, but um, <laughs> no, no, you know, what, what's, what's the next, what's the next um, move so the next, that you uh, can say? Yeah. 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 That I can talk about that one project that'll come out later this year. Yeah. Um, the ones that we can talk about, you know, uh, our number one piece of feedback. And I agree is like, I wish you guys had a larger size. Cause we, we picked one tailgate pad size that will fit, 95% of the trucks out there, yeah. you know, I mean, there's older vehicles, you know, tailgates are funny because like they're always growing and then the backup camera goes here. So you're kind of chasing the backup camera, but we have yeah, one just si- that little opening, yeah, the <laughs> yeah. opening, you know, and like where it goes. And so it's like, we made one size that will fit an F-150, but people are like, it's not wide enough. So I can't fit all of my things on there. They and want it like, to go end to end. end, to end. And gotcha. I'm like, great, me too. But the money that goes into developing just that mold and to get a minimum order quantity pretty big chunk of change. So yeah, it's significant. So, but that is in the mix. So Basecamp XL pad 2.0, so nice. a larger one. And then the great thing about ours is like, what do you want that would come off of the back of your truck? 
Um, we have tech packs out there for an all weather bag that we want to uh, implement into our thing. Awesome. Uh, we have a couple actually like fishing ideas that will, you know, accessories. And so just continued accessory expansion. Um, but, you know, before that, it's like, okay, we either need to raise more money, but, you know, our headcount has increased. And so, you know, you're just going to see the marketing get better. And these are all like non-products, but, you know, we've we've brought on a couple additional people to the team and we're actually launching like our new website on Friday. So like the things that outside of products, it's like the business is just growing and we're adding headcount and we're just getting a lot smarter about how we're doing that. So, but on the product side, Basecamp XL, if it's not up by the end of the year, I'm going to be very upset, but that is high number one on the goal list. And then from that outdoor, um, you know, kind of all weather bag that you can put on the back of the tailgate, but also one that you, you know, like your wife would want to take to a soccer game or something too. So yeah, just continue the accessory expansion. That's incredible. So, yeah. Um, I feel like if there's just kind of one thing that I could take away and maybe, maybe after, after this, if, if you would just like to say, like, if there's one thing that, you know, somebody could take away from, from your story, what would you like it to be? I feel like it, the probably the most profound thing that you've said during this during this interview came from that experience with your dad passing away. I just feel like time being a currency, yeah. not enough people understand that. Not yeah. enough people under and and sometimes I don't understand that. Like sometimes yeah. I forget and yeah, I, it's hard. I I spend time time on dumb crap. Totally. But um, time being a currency, I feel like that's something that everyone needs to hear yeah. over and over and over again, just to use their time wisely and totally use it as if something like something could happen and you know you just never know how, how long you have left well and and for better or worse you know and my dad's experience with that it was the yeah. app you know people are like oh you know i'm like it's the worst it's the absolute the worst absolute thing. worst yeah. it, like you know if you believe in god i'm like it literally the bible says that it's the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death yeah it's nothing that's welcome it's nothing that's good but from that there's also still a ton to be thankful for and so yeah time being a currency that like i you know, you know, that might even sound cliche, but I was like, but I got that experience at a, I mean, I was 20, 26 years old. Like that's, I'm only 33 now, but I was like 26 to me even now sounds really young. I'm 26 and I can't, I can't, I can't, I I wouldn't, I don't envy that. Yeah. And and it was terrible, but it was also like a great thing to be like, all right, like we, this is short and I'm going to get busy doing what I'm doing. Yeah. And, uh, and whatever that is. And if it's a startup product company, if it's, you know, I mean, I hear so many people, you know, that want to have children and they're like, you know, we're just going to wait for, and I'm not saying like, Hey, you know, I'm, I guess in Utah, yeah. you know, having four kids by the time you're 22 is normal. But, um, my point is that whatever you want to do, like it's available mm-hmm. and people want to talk about America and all the issues. I'm like, well, you can literally, I'm telling you, I might, to your point, I might look like a pilot in a movie, I guess. (laughs) I didn't have, I had, outside of the savings that my brother and I had, we had nothing but ourselves and an idea. And we literally were able to grow and raise capital, six figures in capital, develop a product, bring it here, get patents, be to where we are today. Are we perfect? Of course not. But the opportunity is right there. And I think if you can just, get the hell out of your way in your analysis because I'm like, I've met some way smarter people, especially on paper, multiple MBAs, all these things, you know, but I'm like, I've literally spoke at, I've been invited to speak at universities, to entrepreneurial classes, to MBA programs. The first thing they always ask is, where'd you get your MBA? I'm like, I didn't, (laughs) I just did it. Associate's degrees for the win. Whatever (laughs) it is. Yeah. But I I guess my point is like, you know, you know, um, 
if you want to do it, like just do it. And yeah. I'm not saying like, don't make excuses, but you know, and not to get on like, you know, the David Goggins, you know, the other side of it, it's like, just get up and run. You know, I'm like, no dude, I'm not saying that, but it's available. It's possible. We literally live in a country where you can do whatever the hell you want. And if that's, you know, get two MBAs and be $150,000 in student debt, that's your thing. Go for it. Yeah. But I'm like, just, just, just go for it. Have a plan. Don't think much like having a kid, you know, I listen to these people and their birth plans. I'm like, okay, that's a great idea. And it's a concept. Maybe have a skeleton of what you want to do. But I was like, but be ready to pivot and be, be ready to, you know, to, to pivot quickly and be okay with that and be okay that you don't know what's going to happen. And that's hard. You know I mean? That's what fear is, right? Like not knowing. And then you slip into the fear, but I was like, you know, remain optimistic and just work your ass off, surround yourself with smart people I know I'm throwing out like 10 little hints here, but no, I love all these hints, but, but I'm like, and they're so cliche. Of course it's in every book out there, but I was like, just, just be positive, grind. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to have things that, I mean, we had the biggest sales year that we ever had was in 2020. Yeah. It was also the most difficult year to then switch factories and then get new product because all the prices went through the roof. So I was like, they're all these crazy experiences and they're difficult, but you grow from it. And with the more experience, you get patience and uh, in patience comes hope. It's a, it's a little Bible verse for anyone out there. It's familiar, but love that. Um, but just uh, yeah, it. just 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 <laughs> just uh, just go for it, man. You know, and uh, and just do it, and um, be ready to be ready to uh, to get a to get your shit rocked too, because that's gonna happen too. So heck yeah, yep. So yeah. dude, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. That that's all. Awesome. Thank you, man. Right on. Yeah, yeah. thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Right on. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's great.